Hello and welcome to another episode of To Be Perfectly Honest. As always, I'm Corey. And I'm Anel. And today we're talking about season eight, episode three, The Long Night. And oh my God, this is the season eight that we have been waiting for. Um, you know what? The hype was real. The battle was intense. Um, I've had about three panic attacks the entire time of watching this. This is our second time watching it. Hot after those. We jumped right in here. We're doing the podcast for you guys. We know you have a lot of questions, a lot of comments, and hopefully we'll get right down to the heart of that. So, Anel, what did you think about this episode? I need about five Xanax. Seriously. Like, the battles were amazing. The cinematography, amazing. Um, So much was... So great. So it's such a great payoff. But at the same time, I can't help but I feel a little underwhelmed at some of these plots that, well, let's face it, the Night King's dead. What was their purpose? What did they want with the night? Uh, what did they want with Bran? We don't know. And are we going to get this uh, answer in maybe the next episode? Maybe not. Maybe they're waiting for this for the prequel. I don't know. But all I can say is I feel like I need a little bit more information. Ye of little faith. Okay, this was a major, major episode as far as battle. It was like payoff to a lot of plot points. Um, but you didn't hear very much talking. It was mainly action yeah, no, sequences. Definitely. So I think before we chop it up as they're just not going to get to it, we need to give them a little more credit. Yeah, I just feel like it's a little weird that we're finding out all of this after the fact, you know, it would have been nice to have a little bit of a flashback or maybe have Bran do something besides roll his eyes on the back of head and do literally nothing. Well, I um, don't know if you noticed, but Bran's not much of a talker. And <laughs> no way, really? Yeah. I kind of expressed this earlier in um, earlier episodes that I think it was our podcast where we were having our predictions. And that's one of the things I said. I was like, I need to know. What is up with Bran? Like, how do his powers work? How does it relate to the Night's King, the Children yeah. of the Forest? I need to know all this stuff. But here's the thing that I found interesting is that Tyrion, after Bran, after talking to Bran in um, episode one of this season, pulled up a chair and he's like, oh, we have some time. I want to hear all about it. So maybe it's there's going to be more to come. Mm. fingers crossed or maybe you're reaching no um i i do agree and you know what something that we had talked about in the last episode that i might be doubling back on now is does bran have the power to look into the future and you know what i feel like a lot of this is pointing to yes actually we got cat's paw which you know you know if you if you're not familiar with cat's paw this is the dagger that was used to try to assassinate um bran all the way back in the beginning this is what essentially launched the war of the five kings and it was, you know, exchanged hands a hundred times and it was given eventually to Bran from Littlefinger and then Bran gave it to um, his sister Arya. And it's so fitting now that that kind of is what started all of Game of Thrones for us in season one. And this is bringing about the end of it as well. So I think that's really fitting. Do you think if he can see in the future, he was just like, Theon, you got to go. I mean, I don't know. I, Come guard me. Oh, poor Theon. Um, you know, I'm glad that Theon got a little bit of a redemption arc. He didn't jump off the boat to say. But um, I will say that, you know, it, you don't want Bran to give you your last rites, right? That's just cold. Definitely not. You were here because we are all to be here. It's like, okay, Bran, we got it. Uh, you don't care about anyone and you're a cold robot. That doesn't do anything but stare off in the distance. The Night King walks up to him and he's like, oh, do I have to turn my head? 
Oh, okay. Well, you know who cannot see into the future is the Night King. Yeah. He was just taking his time. Seriously. Um, Just to double back on that Theon thing is uh, with his redemption arc, I thought it was notable that he tries to apologize to Bran and Bran tells him, you know, just like he told Jamie, everything that you've done has brought you to this moment and you're exactly where you need to be. And before Theon has his final moments, he says, uh, Bran says to Theon, um, you're a good man and thank you. And I think for Theon, that's what he needed to hear. Now he can die. And yeah. instead of running like he's done the entire series, he faces his demons head on and runs straight into the Night King and dies. But, you know, it's it's finally nice to see Theon, you know, standing up for himself and actually doing the right thing and standing up for people that he cares about. You don't think he would have done that without Bran's help? I I, I don't... think Bran is just the afterthought. Like he was going to do anyways. I think he's just tra- he's trained to that. I think he's training to Bran, basically saying, "You know what? I'm sorry I failed you." No, I think it's Theon trying to um, redeem himself. You know, he's he's grown as a person. I don't think he's the same person he's been, and he's been through so much. I mean, rightfully so. He's done a lot of shitty things, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't know if I expected to feel that way. I was kind of like, whatever, Theon's a jerk, so who cares? But I was I was emotional at that part. Yeah, definitely. We've seen Theon for a long time, and you know, I'm definitely glad that he was there. But I gotta say, you know, it, it he's part of this little part that is just like there could have been a little bit more. I would have liked a little bit more, or maybe uh, you know. Chop this up into a couple episodes. Give me a little bit more exposition in each of them. Um, you know, speaking of things not turning in the way that we thought about, did you think that the the crypt scene was going to be a little bit bigger of a deal? Um, you know, I in anticipation of this episode, I watched the last episode again, and notably, they kept, you know making this point of how safe the crypts are going to be. Yeah. Oh, women yeah. and children, oh, yeah. every everybody's going to be so safe. Kind of like Ned Stark saying, oh, next time I see you, John, I'll tell you the true truth about your parents. Oh, yeah, foreshadowing to the max. So, um, yeah, I thought something bigger was going to happen. Like, I thought maybe the Night King was going to get down there. Maybe that uh, clip it that we saw of Arya running was going to be her running to the crypts or um, and the Night King following her. But... um. No Ned Stark jumped out. Lyanna Stark didn't come back to life. There wasn't a dire wolf that busted out of the stone. So yeah, totally. But who the hell died down there? Dude, just, it was just like, everyone we didn't know, just all the It's like so fast. Red shirts. And, then, and then you have Sansa and Tyrion and they're like sneaking. And then they're like, Oh hey, all you? You're all hiding too? Okay, let's all hide. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh what? How is this working? Like I'm, you just I'm, gotta be quiet. Yeah, Arya is like worried about a drop of blood and notifying the the yeah, they're like Rah! and then Tyrion and Sansa are just having a full on conversation behind just a cement block. Dude, seriously. I'm like Arya needs to pick up on those skills. They have like a force field around them. Seriously, talking about kind of the same thing. What is up with Sam? Like for half of this show, he's literally in the a mosh pit of zombies. And like <laughs> at one point John's like, "Yep, you're dead. Okay, bye. See you later." <laughs> I saw and then he's part. fine. I saw Sam briefly in every glimpse of Sam. 
just crying and stabbing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, he's me. Don't get me wrong. No, he's me. He's all of us. Because uh, let me tell you, I was like crying the entire episode because I was so like nervous or. Yeah, as soon as that giant wave of zombies came after um, all the Dothraki, the, all their lights went out. And then you just see this literal sea wave almost of zombies. I just felt like the end is near for everyone I love. Like, Well, okay, so we open up and we see Sam getting a shard of dragonglass and it's total callback to, you know, when his days Fist of, of the, the first man. Yep. And, uh, you know, it gives you a little bit of hope, you know, there's tension and stuff, but you see the, um, you know, all the swords of the Dothraki get lit up by fire from Melisandre and you're like thinking, yeah, it's about to go down. And then you see them run out into the darkness about to just raise hell and all the lights go out. And then you're like, we are effed. Fuck. Yeah. What did you think about Melisandre coming back in that way and going out that way? I think it redeemed her. I mean, sh- she did kill a child, which Davos didn't forget. But, yeah. you know, she saved a lot of people. And if Shireen had to die for all the rest of those people to live, I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, know what to say about that. I think I'm one of the biggest Melisandre fans. Like, I've just loved her ever since she was introduced. You she's are one of Melisandre. My, she's my favorite Funko Pop Game of Thrones figure because it looks like she has a thing of light and it's really cool. But, um, yeah, she, I liked the way that she came in. Um, I don't know if I am also so satisfied with that as well. I was, th- I was thinking something a little bit more intense, um, but not disappointed. Just a little, like a little me, you know, Hey, okay, you know who, good. you know, who can see the future? Melisandre. You will kill blue eyes, brown eyes. You know, I'm like, holy crap. Did um, you get what, uh, Ari was going to do right when that happened? Oh yeah. And I yeah. didn't forget. So yeah. I'm like, what's the ones that kind of happened? But I feel like I was surprised that it happened right there because at that point I was like, well, everything is fucked. <laughs> everything is fucked. You better kiss away your parents and your wives. Everyone's dying up in here. No, when the Night King was just doing the slow clap walk of like, oh, yeah, I got this in the bag. I'm like, either Bran's going to turn into Yoda or Arya's going to come out of a tree and just. Ay, 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 ay. Well, the latter was right. Yeah, you. You know, as methodical and as thoughtful he was in season seven where he gets a hold of the ice dragon, like you would think maybe, hey, you know, you have all these people. Why don't you just like spear down a couple more dragons and then that way you have all three dragons. And then why don't you just burn everyone alive, including Bran? Because as far as I know, the three eyed raven isn't fireproof. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about the ravens, OK? So Bran's talking to Theon. Theon is apologizing, right? I'm so sorry. And and then Bran I've got to go. And Bran's like, "All right, well, thanks. Gotta go." Like, if you're Theon, you're like, "What the f?" He's literally like, "Wait." <laughs> exactly. And then where does he go? He gets in some ravens, like stares Flies in some mist. We're like, "Thanks, Bran. This is a great view. I would love <laughs> to see a blurry shape in some white fog." Right. Yeah. You saw more when you were. Following along beside Danny and John. But, like, what was he doing? What was that purpose? I don't know. That's why I feel like there has to be more. Like, there's no way that this isn't going to be in the next couple episodes. Like Like I said, there is not a lot of dialogue in this episode. So I feel like everything that got pegged for being important enough for dialogue in this battle episode was not just filler. It was important. Yeah. No, totally. I definitely agree. Um, So, you know... We've kind of pussyfooted around this a little bit, but I think we got to go through and we got to talk about 
everyone who died and how their death was, how we like how we rank their deaths. Was it justified? And would we do anything different? You cool with us? Sure. Okay, so these are kind of everywhere because we were just kind of writing them down randomly before the episode. But um, so we have Ed. So the last living member of the Night's Watch, who actually is active in the Night's Watch, because Sam pretty much said, fuck you. He's like, I'm going to go fuck Gully. I'm going to go and leave. You know, what you do. And uh, we have John who's like, well, I died, so I'm not part of that anymore. So literally... The last living member, pretty much. Well, I mean, they kind of took care of the duties of the Night's Watch. And the wall's gone, so yeah. So I think they're good. Um, But yeah, kind of a little little stabbed in the back, literally. Like, uh, okay, I don't know how I feel about that, but he's not a major character. Definitely a middle-tier character, but a good, gory way to start off the battle, you know, and no one's really safe. Well, he died protecting Sam, didn't he? Yeah, but it sucked because Sam was like, and then he gets stabbed in the back because he's distracted. You could blame his death on Sam. Oh, rest Um, in peace. So then we have, I think the next one that we have is um, Leora Mormont with the... Oh, Liana Mormont. That was kind of like a David and Goliath scene, wasn't it? Oh, totally. Just this totally little... I, I am so glad the way they smushed her like it totally called me back to um when what's his face is fighting the mountain Mountain and the viper yeah i was like oh squish that it was like the opposite of that though totally totally um although i gotta say if it was that easy to just stab them with dragon glass why didn't anyone else do that an arrow could have wounded that uh, the giant's eye well that's what happened to the last giant that was living um in the episode where ramsey got killed yeah so i don't know i guess that's how you got to kill a giant you got to go right for their eyeball seriously um yeah and like same thing kind of with the dragon like you would think that would be a top priority for some people like get some dragon glass arrowheads because they're literally arrowheads and shoot them but you know what can you do um um, speaking of Mormons, this is kind of skipping around a little bit, but uh, we have Jorah also dies. And this one, I got feels. Yeah. All over. No um, more Jorah the Explorer. How do you think, do you think he went out gutting for Jorah and his legacy? Oh, yeah. He went out as the perfect um, friend, friend zone. zone. <laughs> No, but uh, here's the thing, and I was in a death pool, and Jorah was on my list for this week. Not because I hate Jorah, but it made sense because there's been some clues earlier in the season about Danny kind of being wishy-washy. Is she going to be a crazy person, or is she going to be this, um, you know, perfect ruler that's going to be fair, or is she going to, you know light everyone on fire she's kind of teetering right now and the person who has been able to kind of level her out especially when it came to Tyrion, was jorah so if they're going to play this up in the next couple episodes jorah can't be there she has to find that piece on her own which way she's going to teeter oh yeah i mean if we look at it you know i think i was looking at what was going to happen I was thinking kind of like Cersei was going to be like a mini boss and then the Night's King was going to be like the big bad that they have to like defeat and that's the end of the series, right? And we kind of flipped that around. So now Night's King is kind of like the mini boss. And now the final is 
basically probably the politics involved and how they could tear themselves apart. And then Cersei's the final boss, right? And it's it's just Jorah had to do that in order to develop this coming plot, right? If we're going to kill the Night's King this early on, we have three more episodes. We have to drive that plot and it has to be meaningful and it has to, you know, you know there's going to be a cliffhanger. So, I don't know. I'm ready for Danny to be her true self and not be held back by Jorah. And who knows? Do you think she's going to go Mad Queen? I don't know. I thought I if this would have happened and I wouldn't have had all the scenes with Danny and John in this episode, I would be like, oh, yeah, for sure. She's going to be crazy. Mad Queen. But it seemed like that, you know, they were kind of together on a lot of things. I mean, she did break away from the plan once all of the Dothraki got murdered. But then again, like, those are her people. Those are the ones that have been with her from day one. They were her first people to back her. And so I think that just pushed her over the edge. I mean, she's always been a person that's like stand up for the little guy and, and this and that. And those were her... Peeps. Yeah, those were her peeps. So what? It it's not in character for her to just be able to watch them die and be like, "Well, save yourselves." Yep, I guess I'm waiting. You know, and who would have? Who knows what it would have been like? Obviously, this is scripted, so it's contrived a little bit. But what would have happened if she wouldn't have done anything? We have this front of weather that comes in that's like crazy. We've seen nothing like this before, and I thought that was probably what led a for a lot of confusion for a lot of people. I know the number one complaint is like what's going on? All I can see is darkness and like some fog. Um, but it was also really cool cinematically when we were like going up above the clouds with the dragons and having the fight. That was like probably one of my favorite parts as far as cinematography is involved. Um, we just get a lot of cool stuff, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. Um, okay. So to finish off everyone who's dead. So obviously we have the Night's King. We obviously have ice dragon is now gone. So for good, we have Beric Dondarrion. So he finally death caught up to him. Was this the Wasn't eighth time? The, what, I thought it was the ninth. It's something like that. Like he's like a cat, you know, yeah. like nine lives. Yeah, I, I love the way that he died. And you had brought this up earlier. Like he's essentially doing a Hodor, but like just in a hallway without a door. He is mm-hmm. the door. And um, yeah, it's it's great. Um, you know, he definitely went out with a bang. And, you know, speaking of kind of, you know, a little bit of parallelism. It's like uh, the Hound, you know, he's in there in fear. And then he goes and basically is doing the same thing. He finds his courage for Ari. There's a great meme that's like, you know, the Hound. And he's like cowering in the corner when he's around fire. And then it's like he sees Arya is in trouble. And he's like, like Popeye with spinach. Like he's good to go. Like he'll do anything for his little girl. Oh, yeah. But she also saved him. Totally. So even though they haven't had these conversations, maybe they're they're uncomfortable expressing themselves verbally, but you can see that the love is still there. And one of the last things that Arya said to them in the episode previous is I don't want to spend my last moments with you two miserable shits. Yeah. And then that's what she, she ended up. That's right where she ended up. Totally. Totally. I love for, it for the best. And then, um, and then we have Melisandre. So Melisandre marching out into the cold waste takes off her necklace, and she basically looks like she fades away to dust and then collapses. What did you think about that? I'm like, um, what did she need to do that for? I mean, 
I guess I could see her saying, well, this is my purpose, so now I'm done. Because she did bring that up for a lot of people. Like, yeah. you know, this is your pur- this was his purpose, and uh, now he served it. And so that's a big theme with her, serving your purpose. But why? Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, and then somebody else was like, um, she's taken her necklace off before. Why didn't she... You know, why didn't she die then? And I'm like, well, maybe she's like a thousand now. And any second path is past a thousand. If yeah, you take the necklace same. off, you're you're expired. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about the ending for her. But on, honestly, I'm glad that they didn't do something different with it in this episode. Um, and I think it maybe she was a character that was a little bit of a loose end. And they were like, eh, how do we finish it off? Do you think? Do you think Davos is going to grab that necklace? It's just what I was going to say. <laughs> this is my favorite meme that's going around right now. Davos like, I'm going to be a pretty little girl. Like, I'm going to be the Princess Shireen I've always wanted. Oh, gosh. Um. Yeah. No, uh, I think your sister was the one that said, oh, no, actually, he just turns into a uh, Khal Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, daddy. Um, question, though. Wouldn't. Um, maybe it's not a question, more of a statement for me, but I would love a spinoff that kind of goes into depth from um, a point of view of Melisandre and her peeps or a shy, just something like where the magical oh, people live. for sure. Um, you know, we did get news too, um, and I was talking to you about this before we started the podcast, that three days ago, actually, they announced one of the spinoffs is officially dead in its tracks. So we still have quite a few left, I believe. But um, the thing about the spinoffs is we don't really know a lot about them. Like, we know that all of them are essentially prequels. So they're all happening before. There's not going to be, like, anything else happening. And no one's really going to be in those. Um, Maybe some flashbacks, but no one's actually going to be, like, going into that. So it's not going to be like, oh, when Ned was younger or anything like that. Yeah, it's not going to include any of the characters that we know. Way prequel. And then a lot of them have been verified to be like completely different continents or like so fucking long ago that it's like in legendary times. So I'm all about that, you know, and going back to kind of the point of like not knowing about the Night's King, like if we have a legitimate sequel that is going to be made, then yes. But I think the problem is, is we know that none of those are that far and we know HBO, like they're in a tumultuous time right now. They have a new CEO, like, are we going to be getting a spinoff? I don't even know if I'm that faithful in it right now. So I don't know if you can guarantee, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll bring that up later. Who knows? So I'm a little I, I, I'm a little nervous, put it that way. Um, so what did you think Bran was doing when he was rolling his eyes back? Because he was in those birds for a hot second, but is he really just in those birds the entire time? God, I hope not. I have no idea what he was doing. That was a big disappointment. I was like, work into that damn dragon, Bran. Seriously. And then, I don't know. I, I was Even if he would have warged into some people, he could have warged into Sam and fucking made him been like, everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> like badass um, Sam let, scene. Let's just think about this. He's still Sam, no matter who's warged into him. Okay, Dude. before he warged into Hodor, who is just like oh a mini God. giant. Hodor was awesome, though. You know, speaking of possible things he could warg into, what about ghosts? What the fuck happened with ghosts in this episode? I was like, oh my God, epic battle scene. Like, ghost is like riding in. Oh, yeah, that's it. They could have used ghosts down in the crypt, couldn't they? Yeah, that's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, I know. Bummed me out. Um, 
So we talked about, if you guys didn't know, Anel and I are basically little pussies and we cry all the time over Game of Thrones. But if I had to say what made me cry like a little bitch the most, I would say probably Jordan Danny got me the most. Really? Yeah. I got emotional over the times that I thought that they were going to like kick ass. Like first time I got emotional was when Melisandre lit the swords. I was oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh. I'm like. Such a good visual. And then wah, wah, yeah. Dothraki, <laughs> all the lights are out. I'm like, no. Seriously. And then I got emotional uh, when Grey Worm was out there fighting. Oh, let's talk about how did Grey Worm survive this episode? Oh, you don't remember? He killed all the other Insullied by trapping them. <laughs> He's like, yes, close the gates. I, also, I have no feelings for that. <laughs> I have the balls, but no dick. Oh, man. And I also got emotional when Melisandre went out and lit the um, moat around yeah. there. Oh, yeah. When she was almost done, though. Mm-hmm. That like, was definitely good. And why couldn't anyone hear? Or, like, they're like, light it, or whatever they said. Remember? Well, they were, this. the plan was to signal for the dragons to come and light it, but the dragons, because it was cloudy, couldn't see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I missed that. I was Yeah, they said tracking. light it, and then they gave like an airplane signal, like, back it up, come down and light it, Danny, and then she couldn't see that because it was all crazy town. Um, you know, speaking of just little passing by things that did get me emotional, um, towards the end of the episode when we see um, Brienne of Tarth fighting and she's like all surrounded, got me like, I'm a girl. Every time I saw Jamie, I got emotional. Every time. Well, that happened in season one, too. So, um, Especially the one part where everything was dark, and I thought it was Jamie, and it was. And then the time it was all dark, and I thought it wasn't Jamie. Yeah. And it was. And the time that I thought I saw Jamie, and it wasn't. Did anybody else have problems seeing this episode? Yeah. I had oh, to like yeah. no, black out my house, like turn all the shades down. Well, it is Alaska, folks, and yeah. so even though it's night, it's it's the long it's the it's not the long night; it's the long day here. Yeah. Well, what you have to realize is not only does Game of Thrones come out here, and our time it comes out at five o'clock, but also in Alaska the sun doesn't go down right now at this time of year until nine o'clock at the earliest. So um, I literally have black trash bags taped to my <laughs> wall because normally I just use my blinds and it's whatever. But when you have black and like three pixels of color and you're trying to get everything out of this episode, you need everything. <laughs> my neighbors probably think I'm crazy. We need like special glasses for this episode where <laughs> you can <laughs> see it. Up, and then the dragon fire comes and you're blinded. It's like a Walder's mask. <laughs> um, so question now. Now that we've killed the Night's King, are are these winters gone now? Are they no. like just normal winters? Like, okay, they're just normal ones. Yeah, I think you still have the seasons. Yeah. I mean, they still have to harvest plants and yeah, eat yeah, food. Yeah. and. But like, I mean, essentially the White Walkers start coming down from the wall and like winter gets fucking real, right? Right away. And I don't think that's the season. That's more like the Night's King and his undead army marching, right, and changing kind of everything as well. So do you think it's just going to be like a normal, like, Aspen winter? like Whatever a normal winter for them is. I don't think they have, like... Well, it will definitely last for a couple years, Probably be like an Alaska winter. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, a couple of years is right. Um, So we talked a little bit about Tyrion and Sansa. 
this kind of warmed my heart too, a little bit. Like, I know they're never going to end up together. And I know that Sansa probably doesn't appreciate it at all. But, like, God, he is such a good person, Tyrion, for being a fucking Lannister. He was her best husband. Which says literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing at all. Um, so the, the one thing that I don't think we've touched on at all that I just want to give so much praise for is that horror section in the library with Arya was so good. Oh, I thought you were meaning like Grey Worm. I mean, not Grey Worm. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to talk about Littlefingers when you said horror. Oh, horror. Horror. No, horror. Um, yeah, where she's in the library and she's like sneaking around and everything's really quiet and like she's like going through the sections and trying to sneak around and then like under the table with the blood, like, oh, that like just gave me shivers down my Super spine. Super anxiety. Aren't you glad these aren't like true zombies? No, yeah, the rule where they bite you or you scratch and you you're and dead. you're dead. Yeah. Then the long night would be going on forever. Yeah, for sure. You know, something that I think makes the suspense in this episode and all a lot of these specific scenes because when we when if you watched the like in the making of the episode they didn't want to just have a giant battle which obviously they had a giant battle but they wanted to separate it so they like kind of zoomed in on some certain characters they made little vignettes of it and then like they had downtime so it like built and then went down built and went down and part of what was so successful that we haven't seen in like these other seasons has been the music the music in this one was fantastic i agree loved it um, there's like even just the parts where like the beating like gets progressively faster and faster and faster. Like I just felt my heart wanting to match that tempo. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? I felt like I was there. Totally. And then they they did a lot too. There were times where the, there wasn't any music and you were just listening. Like um when they were in the crypt and they were listening to the screams of those oh, yeah. people. So scary. So scary. Maybe there was music during that part. I don't know. I was so focused in, but I, I could have sworn there was a part was right there where it was like. It was silent in that part. Yeah, because you can hear like the scratching, like <laughs> trying to get out. Since we're back in the crypt, I know we're jumping around, folks, but there was a lot of. We weren't we weren't thinking straight in this. We were more trying to calm ourselves from having a heart attack yeah, and seriously. blood pressure. But um, what do you make of the point uh, of the story in the crypt where Sansa and Tyrion were talking about what if they just got married again or what if they stayed married and how that wouldn't work because of the Dragon Queen? Mm-hmm. And then Masande overhears and she's like, bitch. Yeah, and she's like, she's the one that's saving your ass right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, I get both points, but I think really to be honest like danny has dragons and yes like the dragons thank god they're there but like really like everybody brought has an army like everyone's dying like that doesn't justify like oh well you have to do this and you can't do that and i i think that the bulk of the next couple episodes is going to be a lot of infighting I really do. I don't think it's going to be as simple as everybody joins together and they're happy and fun and then they go and get Cersei and then, oh, look, they're on the Iron Throne. Like, I think it's going to be something where we lost Jorah. I think Danny is unstable. 
I think she's going to do something stupid. That's going to shift people away from her. It's going to split her and John apart. And then Cersei's going to come on with that shit. And then at the very end, maybe she sacrifices herself and shows that she isn't the Mad Queen, but she had all these characteristics leading up to that. Oh, for sure. There's um another show. I don't know if you've ever seen The Walking Dead, but it's about zombies. And one of the things you learn after the first couple of seasons where all these people have been killed and um, the zombies are starting to kind of expire because there's an expiration The biggest date. enemy is yourself, basically. The right? biggest enemy that they're facing are the people that survived. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be another scenario like this. It, it's always been. There's been this existential threat of the Night's King. Now that this is done, you're back to, okay. And then there's also Cersei. But uh, there's still a lot of um, internal issues besides just Cersei. But you have Cersei, Jamie, and Tyrion. That's going to be an issue that has to get tied up, uh, uh, an end that has to have a resolution. There's also Jamie and Brienne. There's yeah. also um, Arya and Gendry. There's also Clegane's. They gotta fight it out. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing you haven't mentioned either is there's still Braun. Boom, boom, boom. Crossbow to the heart. It better not be. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's quite a bit. And, you know, the only thing we have to look at right now is numbers. And it's like we have three of the Lannisters alive. We have four of the Starks. We got zero Mormons. Oh. Rest in peace. What if? No, I'll save that for predictions. Well, let's shoot into it because that's all I have right now. I just talk to <clears> shit, you know. So you've heard of the um, Valencar. Well, refresh yourself for everybody. Well, the Valencar theory is, um, uh, what was the name of that witch? Something the frog. Maggie the frog. Yeah, Maggie the frog. Um, and this is more of a book theory because I don't think she mentions it in the series, but. You do see a part in the series where Cersei gets predictions about her kids. But anyway, so Maggie the Frog says that uh, Cersei's going to be killed by a little brother. But it is in Valerian, so we know Valerian could be... Genderless kind of thing. Yeah. And um, so I just... I don't know why this popped in my head, but we have Bronn, the Lannister family. Both... Uh, Cersei's the firstborn, even between her and Jaime. So what if she has Bronn kill her brothers, right? Bronn kills Jamie, and then Brienne kills Bronn, and then Tyrion kills Cersei in the Valencar theory. Hmm. I mean, I've always kind of thought that Tyrion was going to be the one that would end Cersei, but, um, you know, I don't know. It I... seems too on the nose now. Because she's always thought it's been Tyrion. You know, Tyrion, I think we were talking about this last episode, He his actions are so weird right now. And like even in the script thing, the entire time he's talking like, I need to go out there, I could find something, and then he gets put in his place. And I can't help but wonder if he feels a little bit like, what the fuck am I doing here? And maybe depending on what happens with Jamie, because, you know, I don't think Jamie's intentions right now are completely clear. Do you think he is, gonna, this is all said and done, everything's fine and dandy? You think he's like, no, I'm pro-Stark and pro-Danny? pro, um, pro Danny. I don't think so. I think the promise was made to come and fight for the living. But like he said multiple times in the last episode, 
Like I would do the things I did for my family over and over again. So I don't think he's done just because Cersei put a hit out on him. I don't think he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I think he's going to go back. To Cersei? I think he is. And I think it's going to be his mistake to do that. Bronn's going to kill him. And then I think Tyrion's going to try to go after him and or go after her for that. And that I think is, it's going to get real messy. Put it that way. So what if the Hound kills Cersei? Because you know he's not her biggest fan. Yeah, but are you really thinking like that's, I honestly, I'm going to put my money right here and now. I'm just going to say it. Cersei's going to die either by Arya or by Tyrion. I kind of don't want her to die. She's like the one. I mean, one there's that a theory out there that her. she might just be the only one on the throne. <laughs> Everyone else dies. Well, I mean, you kind of have to look at what happened. I mean, it's kind of fucked up because she like kind of backstabbed everybody, but like her entire armies are intact. What she did was the smartest thing technically for her to do, right? She didn't lose a single person. She didn't have to trips to the north. Like all their foods are great, their crops are great. They have a battlement that's protected. You are missing one huge sacrifice. Are you wait? Are you ready? I'm. I'm ready. She had to have sex with Euron. That is fucking <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm gonna put a prince in your belly. I bet he smells like fish. Yeah, fish and rum. Gross. Delicious. Yeah. Um. Why didn't Jamie have a Valerian steel like stab hand? <laughs> God. A stab and a stab. Well, I mean, then what would he do? Just roll around like Sam crying and stabbing people with his hand? <laughs> like, get away, slap. It would have been more effective than just one arm flailing around. But I mean, it worked for him. So I'm glad. Thank Seriously. you. Thank you, showrunners, for preserving my Mr. Jamie Lannister. Not for long. I don't think not for long for a lot of people. You know, what did Jamie. you... Gross. Stop listening to this podcast for right <laughs> now. Um, you know, speaking of like things kind of not happening the way we thought or what we think predictions and everything, what did you think about John in this episode? Because I feel like our natural instinct, like, right, is, oh, I wonder what's going to happen in this episode. Oh, we see John marching in with a sword of fire and he's a Zora High and... Chops off Night King's head, blah, blah, blah. Like, and literally none of that happened. He's flaying, leaning around half the time. If you thought John was going to do anything substantial, you haven't been watching this show. Every time John yeah. comes in, like, oh, I'm going to be the hero. And then he, like, messes up. Somebody saves him. And then he is like, ah, I don't want to be elevated to the next level. And then somehow he is. It's like, yeah bizarre i mean i like john and all but like he doesn't do anything on purpose that is yeah i, I just think this episode he was especially flailing around doing nothing like the last third of it he's like trying to chase after the night king and it's like dude you're by yourself there's undead everywhere when the night king like turns around he's like just kidding raising all your friends that just died like i thought john was dead Oh yeah, it's a it's a little gimmicky that he didn't die yeah. in that. Like there were literally hundreds of the undead around him. And were they just doing that slow walk like the Night King? Like, oh don't don't 
creep up no. on him too quickly. What he did was he just took his sword and extended it out, and he like spun around like Link in uh, Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> like Sonic, stop. like yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog speed. <laughs> yeah, he's like a blender. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't. I not explicable. I mean, I I get the suspension disbelief. I believe that he's a great swordsman. Like that's all fine and dandy. But like, he's really just wandering around Winterfell. Like, and there's a fucking dragon after him the entire time. It was kind of like a video game. It reminded yeah. me of like a video game. But in John's defense, it was only his second time riding a dragon. It went through a storm. There was a crazy other ice dragon blowing fire at him, fighting his dragon. And who fell off their dragon? Danny. Hmm. Yeah. Guess who's Aegon? Well, I mean, she did get swarmed by a thousand undead. That visual, though, of Drogon covered in undead and flying around was like so. That That's another like cinemat- cinematic moment that was like, whoa, like. This is so intense. That pissed me off. That was like when I see like little clips of people who don't take care of their pets, you know, <laughs> like your dog's covered in fucking fleas, like get them off of him or well, like don't have him in a f- like. I don't think West have your dragon have a dragon collar. Listen, have your dragon raise 10 feet off the ground. Nobody's that tall. You Maybe know what I giant. thought was going to happen before she fell off? I thought she was just going to be like, say, Dorcaris, have that dragon melt Lo- itself all over, right? And yeah. then she's fine. She's just naked. And then she's like a naked moment on a dragon. Like, beautiful. Low some it. fire. Like, he's just... That just made me mad. Like, if if there was an ASPC for <laughs> dragon dragons... division. Oh, I'd call it on her ass. You know, an- another thing that this is just kind of coincidental that we were talking about this but don't you think it's funny that all of the whites that are raised from the dead every single one of them they light up like a dry christmas tree covered in tinsel when they're exposed to any fire at all but a dragon who is also a white completely fireproof don't you think that's weird i mean it's called suspension of disbelief (laughs) did not work for me right there but i gotta say that fucking ice dragon that blue fire and it's open like crazy slash throat man that is like a haunting visual as well loved it like man blue fire doesn't seem to do anything completely different but i loved it i think all of this could have been avoided if they just would have had your simple plan cut off brand's arm exactly <laughs> and nail it to that damn tree it would have been just like the gotcha. mosaic that <laughs> not today the, the night's king left at the at the first castle yeah seriously. now are we ever going to find out what that uh, means? Symbol means? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like this symbol, folks, if you haven't listened to all of our podcasts, I'll save you some time. Every episode that has the White Walkers in it, I'm like, what is the symbol? What does it mean? Like it's in my head. It's haunting me. It's like that movie with Jim Carrey with the numbers. And I'm like, <laughs> I see it everywhere. Like I see spirals everywhere now and it's freaking me out. Definitely isn't the Targaryen symbol. What if Danny pulls her hair back and she has a tattoo of that on her it's neck? It's like Westworld. It's <laughs> in her brain. Exactly. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, you know, I'm fine with not learning everything. Life is not that perfect. It's it's fine. But I don't feel like we got enough of a hint of anything to say that that is done and buried. Like, you can't tell me, oh, yeah, well, the reason why is because he wanted to wipe out the memory of the world. Okay, but why? Like, why did he need to do that? Doesn't make any sense. We still don't know why Melisandre had a shadow baby. I don't know. I mean, 
hey, she's. I think she's, you know, I still think that this Lord of Light, he's a little creep. Rolor. We'll have to see. Yeah, more to come. But Are um, there any more, like, true followers of the Lord of Light, people that can, like, bring people back from the dead or... There, are well, there there's any people left? over in um, Essos, but I don't know if they're coming over. I wouldn't think so. Hmm. We'll have to see. Maybe someone in hiding. Maybe maybe Sansa. She has red hair. <laughs> Varys, she picks up that collar. Varys can come out of hiding because all the magic is like gone. He's like, thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, overall, I got to say, talking through, like, I did really like this episode. There was such great parts in it i do just wish I, we need to get a little follow-up i'm not going to say it's horrible because in context if we get some explanation in this next episode i think it'll be fine but we need this explanation for just a little bit of it i totally agree but where we differ is i'm saying don't count them out yet this was like total fan service for battle scene right yeah and just like they said in the behind the scenes episode part um they needed to break it up with a little bit of dialogue between people. So I think the dialogue parts are going to be important going forward. But I think this next episode is going to do a lot to explain some Everything of the loose ends. Mm-hmm. I think the, for sure, Bran stuff. I mean, let's look at it this way. If Bran doesn't do anything until the very end, something like, oh, yeah, he predicted Cersei did this, then, like, what the fuck? Why, why is this character there? That's going to be a big hoodoo. So I think we have to have something with that. As far as the White Walkers, I think we're going to get just a little smidgen of it. And I'm fine with that. Just a little smidgen more. But I need something more of what the hell was going on. What if Cersei has her baby and it's like a Night King and he winks? (laughs) He does a little wink with blue eyes. Wink. Yeah, seriously. Well, I think that's it for me. Did you have anything else that you last minute popped in your head and you want to explain to the audience? No, I think that's it. I mean, thank God, thank the show gods, Jamie Lannister, alive and well. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm thankful that a lot of people are alive because I thought this was going to be the Holocaust of Game of Thrones. And, you know, we had a couple of people, but, you know, no one, we still got all four Starks. We still got three Lannisters. With that, we're going to go ahead and end this week's episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed to us on iTunes. That way you can see the episodes as soon as they launch. Um, We are trying to get them done actually on Sunday night. That way for Monday morning for your commute at work on lunch, you'll have the episode and you can discuss. And um, make sure you guys are letting us know who you think is going to die in the next episode. Remember, we are giving away some Funko Pops that are Game of Thrones related. All we need to know is that you're subscribed and that you have a prediction of who's going to die and it is correct for the next episode. Um, And you can get our email address down in the show notes. As always, I'm Corey. And I'm Anel. And stay perfectly honest. We'll see you guys next week.